Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad Hafler here with my brothers Eric Dixon and Jeremy Duncan, and we are Lights at the Roundtable. In this podcast, we're going to discuss a wide variety of things, ranging from spirituality and the metaphysics of reality to the psychological struggles that we face on a daily basis. So, we hope you enjoy. We're grateful you're here, and welcome to the Roundtable. Hey, what's up, beautiful souls? Chad Hafler here with my brothers Eric Dixon yep. and Jeremy Duncan. Coming to you, episode 12, Lights at the Roundtable. Today we got an amazing guest, former rugby player, legend of the pitch, Joe Vandekirk, spiritual warrior and a brother of mine and a brother of Eric and Jeremy's as well. This man has done it all in the sports arena. A uh, little background um, South African Player of the Year 2002, uh, World Nominated Player of the Year, and for our American listeners, uh, rugby is up there with golf and baseball as far as viewership, because rugby is not big in America, but it is very prevalent within the world, so this is a... This is the Derek Jeter of rugby, if you will. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't shake your head, brother, man. Right. Very, very impressive, Joe. So grateful you joined us, and um, man, humbled, humbled in your presence, brother. How are you? Wow, oh, thank you so much for having me here, guys. Like, absolute, absolute pleasure and honor to be here. Um, and I've, I've been well. I've been well, my friends. Obviously. Obviously, uh, we, 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 we see what's going on in the world right now, but, uh, but what, what's going on in here is good, my friend. Very good. That's beautiful, brother. That's beautiful. Um, if you could, man, give us a little bit of your background on the rugby field and how it kind of led into, um, your spiritual journey, if you will, if there was any connection or, or how that came about in your life. For sure. Um, I, I obviously, I started playing, uh, sport when I was about 14 years old. And, uh, and then only at around 18, I recognized that, oh, maybe, uh, maybe I got a shot here at, at, at going a bit further with this. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then I made it into, uh, the national team, uh, when I was 21 years old. And, uh, and I went straight there. I didn't play any like provincial teams or, in back in South Africa, we have a thing called where there's a competition where they play Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and it's called the Super 14. And um, I didn't play any of that kind of senior rugby before I got selected to play for the national team. So it was pretty like a uh, pretty cool run through in a way, and um, and ended up playing for the for the Springboks. It's basically the national side in South Africa. Um, and, uh, so played that without much experience and, uh, was shot onto the scene very, very early. Um, and then obviously I had to mix it with the big daddies, you know, all, these, <laughs> all the guys. And, uh, yeah, that was fun, man. That was really fun. I think in a lot of ways, like when that happens to youngsters going into like a sport like that very quickly. Um, it can, uh, be a bit of a shock because it's like, oh, wow, now, now all of a sudden you're revered and people are, know your name. And it's kind of like, it's pretty surreal in a lot of ways. And, um, and obviously good mentorship and things like that at that point in time are, are crucial. Um, I was always the kind of guy that, that loved to express myself on the field and off. And I think that, um, that was part of, that was part of my, part of my learning process, if you want, for, for, um, navigating in that world. Um, obviously, uh, when I look now from where I am now, looking back, um, there were, there were so many moments, so many incredible moments that, um, I was grateful, so grateful to be part of. Um, and basically through the sport of rugby was given the opportunity to be able to be where I am right now. And, um, 
And so all of those years of hard work, grind, I think in the end I played around 13 years, uh, professional. Um, so it was quite a, it's quite a while. And, uh, obviously, you know, rugby is a pretty physical Tough game. Story, so, yeah. <laughs> so you get hammered and, but you know, that, that, that's one thing that I really adored about the sport is, is the contact aspect of it. And, um, you know, there was nothing better than, than receiving a ball. And as you're receiving it, you run like a, a beautiful line, like an unders line. And then the guy like slips you on the tackle and you break through. And then there's like, the space where daylight. you kind of like just yeah you're in daylight and you're just like whoa <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then and then it's like whoa what am I gonna do what am I gonna do I go for it just go for it and just <laughs> hammer but um but no man I think the beautiful thing also is that that the the sport when you I think it's for any sportsman but when you're in that sweet spot when you're in the zone it's 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 in a magical place and I and I almost feel like that is the same place that when you recognize who you are, when you recognize the self, it's like the same kind of space that you're in because it's completely just coming an expression of that, you know? Absolutely. Um, so no, so those, there were so many experiences, so many teammates, beautiful teammates. But, um, but what actually happened is that I acquired, uh, wealth and I, got the big house, the car, the hot chick, all of it, girlfriend, model girlfriend, all of those things. Um, and all the way the, along the way, I still just had this, this place in my heart that just, I wasn't fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And, and at the time I didn't know what it was. I was like, I'd had trauma from before, from my, from, from the past. Uh, when I was a young boy, I, my, my dad passed away when I was like 14 years mm -hmm. old. I had to become the man of the house. I don't think I really dealt with those things in the way that I could have if I had been a bit more mature to understand what was going on. Um, and with that growth at that time, I kind of delved into things that maybe I shouldn't have delved into. That was, that being said, our culture in rugby at the time was very much like alcohol, you know, like a lot of booze, a lot sure. of pharmaceuticals and all of those things. So I kind of, I adopted that and, and I got to a point when I was, I think around 26, 27 years old, I'd reached a point where, where my body was not responding anymore because I was like, I was going out on the weekends after matches and I kept doing that. And that, that happened for years until I reached a point where I was like, I, my body wasn't responding anymore and I wasn't getting better. And so I injured myself before the one big tournament, the, the Rugby World Cup in 2007. And when that happened, I actually recognized that, um, you know, I wasn't going to the World Cup. Hmm. And that was, I had a back injury. I actually slipped the disc. And one of the reasons why I did that was because I listened to what a trainer told me, what a coach told me. And he said to me, you need to be stronger. You need to get like, you need to increase your bench press by 20 kgs or something like this. And you've got to train this. And one of the biggest things I learned in that is like always focus on your strengths. You know, your weaknesses, they'll come. But when you're a sportsman and you've got this most amazing skills, focus on those skills because that's what makes you special, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and don't neglect your weaknesses. I'm not saying that, but it's like, don't put all the emphasis then on trying to like please your coach just to get big because that's what I try to do. And I try to get big where maybe I, as a player, was more finesse, more skills, passing, speed. But now I was trying to like get strong and bigger and, you know, bigger, bigger, stronger, stronger. And then I ended up with that injury. Mm -hmm. So. So yeah, so, so after that, um, in this phase, my girlfriend was also like, I'm leaving you, bro. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was like a big whack. So I'm just like, okay, cool. And then I ended up like speaking with this club in England to go and play overseas with them. And, um, and, uh, what happened was they got relegated. So I signed a three year deal with them, a pre contract. But they got relegated and then they checked me out medically and they said, okay, no, it's cool. You're fine. And then the call just didn't come. 
And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, are they, or do they want me to come anymore? What's the story? And, uh, subsequently after that, they were like, no, they did, they just didn't answer the calls. They left it. They got relegated. So they obviously couldn't afford the, the three year contract. And, uh, but that was like my lifeline basically, because I was like, you know what? Go back to basics and right. like stop the drinking, like look after your hygiene, like correct your eating, like just focus on what, how you got there in the first place, you know? And, um, so, I, so my old coach called me up. He said, Hey, come back to Johannesburg. I don't know if you guys know South Africa that well, but, um, no, no, no. Not really, no. So he called me back to Johannesburg, which was like my hometown. And, uh, I basically went back there and played pro, not pro bono, but I played like per match and mm -hmm. I had like, my salary was reduced like massively. This was after having contracts with the South African Union and with my province and with everything. So you were I sponsored got, like, as well, right? Sponsored oh, yeah, by Adidas, like, right? Yeah. Before I was sponsored by Adidas for, for a couple of years. Um, international sponsorship for a while. And, uh, and then you are sponsored back in South Africa by them. But, um, but what was interesting about that, that's uh, where actually where the, where my kind of awakening started. Because I had like this trauma inside that I hadn't dealt with properly. And I was kind of lashing out every time when I went on these drinking sprees and like celebrating and things like that. And, what the injury and my girl leaving me and, and me having to like have no contract, what it did for me was like back against the wall. Now what? Now mm. what are you going to do? Cause if you, if you don't make the right choice, yeah, you're done. And I was only 20, 27 years old. Mm. So that's still pretty young for a rugby player. But, um, but like if I didn't kind of, if I didn't like look within and say, Hey, like, Look at all these things. Look at the sequence of events. What's happening? Um, then like I may not have, I may not have, um, ended up, uh, continuing even, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, so then, yeah. So then I went back to, back to Johannesburg, started playing there. Then I, I played for the Super 14, which is like that competition with Australia, New Zealand, um, uh, and South Africa. Mm -hmm. And I went back into, I got back into the national team. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up playing like 50 games for them. And then, and then from that moment, I got a contract in Toulon. And then I went to Toulon. Toulon's like in the south of France okay. in Europe. And I ended up playing there for, I think around six or seven years. So, um, but, but my, my actual, like my real awakening came came really towards the end of my career when when I was like I think about a year out from the end mm -hmm. for possibly like more the last six months um where I'd been like integral in the team I'd been like captain of the team I was solid I was like yeah like in this and the team actually went on for greater heights they won like all the competitions in in Europe basically um and I was like an integral part of that team and then what happened was a new coach came in and things sort of changed. I got a massive injury. I, I got a, a guy like I was, I was really passing the ball and, and, uh, like I blocked my breath like this. And this guy came from the left side and he just need me like, mm -hmm. ah, yeah, in the, in the rib mm -hmm. and it like cracked my rib. Mm. And, uh, and then what it did is it like pushed pushed the it pushed in on the rib and what happened was it, it, it created like a pneumothorax. Yeah. So it like a punctured lung. And um and so since that time when I was playing, I was kind of never really the same after that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um when you get a when you get an injury like that and I think I played for about two years after that, but but uh kind of from that time things kind of slowly started to like I started to like be moved more and more out of the, of the team. And uh, when that was happening from, you can imagine for my ego, for right. the ego, it was mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? What's right. going on here? You know, like this is, this is hectic. Like now I'm not like in the team anymore. Now I'm like, now I'm in a more of a supportive role. And then that's what like spurred me on. Like, okay, Buddhist, Buddha, Buddhism teachings. Okay. Like let's look into 
their lives mm-hmm. and let's let's see how they would respond to this situation and how did that come but, to you um i'd I'd always like been fascinated by by spirituality yeah but also um i i had I don't actually, it's an interesting question because I don't actually, I don't remember where that actually came, how that came about. That's but probably I think the most it, beautiful thing about it. Oh, dude, like, honestly, it's, it's, you know, cause it's, it's, it's one of those things where things happen to us in our lives. And then, you know, there's way, there's a way that we perceive it and how we respond as opposed to like react or, and, and you know that the thing that the crashing of the, the ego in some way, it's like, it's kind of, that's kind of, I feel like that was part of the death of that, that part of me, you know, and uh, not to say that it's not there, but it's like, it's now in its place, perhaps balanced, more, more balanced and, and like, it's not out of, out of like just on a charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so yeah, so those, those teachings and then um it it was it was literally like the thing the th- when when china came in and and just like completely destroyed like all the buddhist monks and murdered them it's like how did they how did they um respond in that you know mm-hmm. did they act did they fight back did they what did they do and in a lot of ways like the way that they responded was like, this is what I am and you can't, you, you can't touch that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Meaning, meaning what we are is invincible. It's untouchable. Infinite, it's, absolutely. Inf- it's infinite. Yeah. So, so that, that, that was definitely a big, uh, key if you want for, for just how, how when one, one has been integral in, in an, in a team and then, how when once that starts to dwindle because it happens to all sports women and men and women you know and and I suppose even people in in business fields and in, in, in the military all, military yeah sure. in the military like the same the same kind of thing and um it's just like how how are you willing to adapt in that in that moment and and so for me I just kind of turned that around I was like you know what I'm going to go to the training and I'm going to be just as amped as these goats even more. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to hold the bags, but I'm going to hold it like with passion. You know what I mean? And I'm going to, because this is only for like six months. Okay. But, but still I was just like, no. And you know, I noticed like when at the time, how, how pockets of negativity get created very quickly. Like Mm -hmm. if a guy's not in the team, what is he saying every day when he goes home to his family or what is he saying to his teammate who's in the team? Right. Oh, this fucking coach, he's, he's left me out of the team and, uh, you know, like, oh, why am I not in the team? I'm good. And that other player's shit and da, 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 all that nonsense. Heavy you know? energy. Heavy, heavy energy. And just like, and so how do we transform that? The only way to transform that is just negative to positive. Like let's bring in the positive vibes and look, let's, Let's support others as opposed to trying to pull them down because now I'm not in the mix or I'm not in the limelight. Right. So as much as that's hard for the ego to accept for like the, for the better and the whole of the whole, that's, that's no doubt in my mind that was better for everyone because mm-hmm. what does it help coming there grumpy every day and then going to my fellow teammates and telling them how shit the coach is every day? Right. So. Actually making it a, like a habit, a habit of going there with a smile on your face and going to the coach and greeting him and like never losing that eye contact, never, never having that like backroom chat or anything about that's negative about that, you know? And, and I think that just, just because of that attitude, things were transcended in that time. And, uh, but, but, but the thing that led me to the, uh, that led me to kind of like a real, like, like, I can't do this anymore was, was that the guys were still going out because they were, they were now winning everything. Mm-hmm. So lead up to the end of the season, they were winning all the matches and they were still going out and partying and all that. But I was not 
always going to the matches. I was like going to trainings and supporting, but I wasn't going to all the matches. And I was kind of like, um, taking more of a back, backseat, backseat role. But, um, but I found that they were still going out and partying. So the last night of season was like the finale. They won the, the top 14, the final competition. And um, the next day, they were coming back to Toulon to do the parade uh, of the whole town and all that stuff. And um, so I was like, shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> I <haven't> been... <laughs> I'm like, shit, man, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to go and drink now. Like, <laughs> so I was just like, okay, no, it doesn't matter. Like the last time I can go for a big one. So, uh, so, I, so I went and I got like completely like I got so pissed and everything and um and like partied the whole night with all the guys and celebrated with them and like it would that was good from a camaraderie point of view it was awesome to end in that way but the morning the next morning I'll never forget it man I woke up in the morning I was just like a pain everywhere mm-hmm. and I just said this is this is the last time that I do this mm-hmm. the last time that I'll do this ever and uh, from that point, I was like, no pharmaceuticals, no drugs, alcohol. Um, not to say that you can't drink responsibly, you have a right. beer or whatever, but but just on that level, tearing you know, your body down with it, <laughs> tearing your tearing your body down, and just like, um, and just having you know something inside was just like it was. It, it would just didn't want that anymore. It was like, yeah, it was like, you know, when you've got, when you've, you've realized like, I don't, this is not for me. I just don't want this anymore. And I was still in it for like those last six months. So I was kind of had this inner battle. And I think it was like the true self and kind of going like, this is it. You're done, you know, and. So, and so from, from that point, so, so from that point, that's when I, that's when I just was like dived into spirituality and different practices and things like that. Yeah. That's beautiful, brother. Was it at that point where you started to search the world where you would call home and what ultimately landed you in Costa Rica or what was the time frame like that after that six months and you landing at, at your place now at Roma? Um, that was, uh, yeah, so probably for about two years after that, I kind of was like, went in like recluse, you know. A black night I of like, the soul, huh? Ah, oh, dark night of the soul, boy. Like, honestly, I, I literally, yeah, I repented and like for all the things I've been carrying, the, the guilt, the things that in my past that I wasn't like kind of proud of or things where I hadn't like always represented truth. Um, I was kind of carrying quite a lot of energy that needed to be cleansed mm-hmm. and, uh, and purified. And, and I think that that's where my journey started with like a 21 day juice fast. And, uh, and I just kind of plunged into it with not really much research. I just, I'm just going to drink juice for 21 days. And, uh, and I had a bit of an epiphany of, after the 12th day, I was like, what? Uh, you know, like, 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 how do you, can you feel this way without taking drugs? Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like, right, right. honestly, like, 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 like euphoria, like the big, best, best, most amazing, like, thing ever that I'd ever felt at that point in time. And I even remember it to the day. It was just like, it was tangible and palpable. It was like, what the shit? <laughs> like, I didn't know about this. Life force and, energy. Yeah, life force energy and not like all these stimulants and yeah. all the pharmaceuticals and all the other drugs, all these things, like always, you know. Mm. And so being clean of that and then having the, the juices daily and just having that without solid food, it was it was really it was like a massive epiphany for me. I, I was like, Oh my gosh, like if, if, if health is meant to feel like this, I want more of this. Right. And, um, that's amazing. Li- I did something similar to that. I drank fruit and vegetable smoothies for a year straight. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. 
three, it sounds like yeah. three times a go. day, every day, and I've I've never felt better. <laughs> yeah. Yes, brother. Well, I can tell you, like with that that whole that whole story too, is like there's some interesting things that came from that because obviously one one when one delves into this path. Um, you start to, you start to have these realizations as you go along. And, um, and after, after I'd had, after I'd done the juice fast, I somehow, I stumbled across a DVD, I mean, a YouTube video about ayahuasca. Oh, and I think his name, it was a guy, um, a Holland, a Holland guy, um, I forget his name now, but he, he shot this video of him going into the Amazon. And him going and drinking the brew and taking the whole process through and, and, and it was like, it, there was something, it was just calling me. It's like, you've got to drink this medicine. You have to drink this medicine. Like, and, um, and that, that's when, when I kind of, I first, um, I first got the call for that, for the, for the, for the plant medicine, yeah. um, and called out to, uh, to Costa Rica actually. Um, in a place called Cartago, mm-hmm. which is about three hours drive from here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I'd never known anything like it. I'd never, I'd never taken ayahuasca. I've never taken many plant medicines before or anything like that. But before that, subsequently just being cleansing, purifying the body. Um, and then, so when I arrived there, I was already pretty clean, just like from a physical aspect, physical point of view. But obviously there was an emotional charge that needed to be cleared too. And, um, I'll never forget the, sh- the lady who was a shaman. She, she said to me, she took a look at me and she just said, the first cup she gave me, she just said, hold it inside. So I'm like, what? Just hold it inside. Cause I'm like, you normally need to pur- purge the medicine, you know, you purge or you, you have, you, you purge in one way or the other. And so she just said, keep the medicine inside. And, uh, that first journey, man, I was, was just like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> this is, as, it felt like days as I was, I was just like lying there thinking, yes, this is, this is so long and like all these thoughts and just, the monkey mind was going crazy, man. Like just, and, um, and so all the colors of the rainbow in the first night. I mean, one of the, one of the, one of the things was like, she came over to me. Uh, she saw that I was like kind of going through a, like a bad passage where my whole body was rid, like shaking. And I was kind of like, whoa, there's so much energy pulsing through my body. And she came over to me and, she kind of like stood over me and she took this floral water that she had. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was, man. Like all I knew that it smelled so beautiful and she like sort of sprinkled it on me. And I just like, I just remember going like this and it was almost like she, I don't know, did something to my brain, man. She it dropped in my eye and it was like a multicolored, like, um, so I didn't really know what was going on. Obviously, I was having an, a, like one hell of an hallucination or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also her face, like this lineage of all these different shamans were coming through her and her, mm-hmm. like she, her face was morphing into all these different, different, like older shaman lineage. And I subsequently I found out that her actual lineage, her family, they're all, they were from Peru, obviously, but their whole family line is all shaman. from like a long lineage so anyway like to cut a long story short i did the second session and the third session i was just like there and i was just feeling like really nauseous and and sick you know and um by day the by day i think it was by day six by now hadn't eaten much just like really weak and i had my brother jay this guy jay next to me he was a flipping such a legend He's sitting there. He's been with me for three, three days, two, three sessions too. He was also through it and strong medicine. It was more like, I don't know if you guys know the different kinds of medicine, like yeish. Yeah. It's like, it's like more, th- it's like a thicker, thicker. medicine, thicker medicine. Mm-hmm. And this medicine had like, it was a lot of granules and 
it was it was very sludgy and thick. Oh, yeah. and so it was it was it was not the best tasting medicine, I'll be honest with you. But like but anyway, I didn't I don't know. I just wanted to like limpio, limpio, clean the body and uh, cleanse my heart. So, so my brother Jay is just like, Joe, Joe, just get it out, bro. Just get it out. <laughs> so, I, so I'm like, flipping three days. I've laid a bit out the bottom end, but nothing up the top. I haven't purged nothing. So I'm like, okay, okay, this is it, man. So I'm like, so I'm walking. This is like 15 years after like, debauchery like a lot of different chemicals and different things and energies and just all sorts so i walk outside i've got a fire on the right hand side i like look at the fire and i'm just like oh okay wow this is it and it's just like projectile bro like <laughs> and it's coming from every orifice in my face like my ear balls my my, my, my <laughs> nose my mouth i'm just like like like, I don't know, it felt like hours that I was there. And then I kind of like regathered myself and the helper came over and he's like, you are the light, brother. You are the light. Ooh. And I'm like, I look at him and I'm just like dripping on him. I look at him and it's like, fuck. And I, re- and I like look up. And I was, I'm looking at the sky and it's like the first time I've seen the sky properly. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful. And like all these stars and like stars are shooting. Obviously every shit, shit's going down. I'm just like, Oh, my, this is too beautiful to behold. And then I just went down on my knees and I just started praying, man. I was just like, oh, I'm just so grateful to bring me to this moment. Like, how did I even get here? Like, this is, this is unbelievable. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And I'm just so grateful that I can be here right now in this mm-hmm. moment that how did I get here actually? Because I shouldn't have been, I, sh- I, sh- from all the shenanigans and naughtiness and all the things that before, how did I get here? And, um, and then I just started praying and I just said thank you to all the, the folks that out there that had given, shown so much love, all of my family, friends, um, all, all, and then also all the people that like I done wrong by that I maybe didn't treat the best, all of those things. I was just so sorry for that forgiveness. And I had like big cry. And after that, man, I was just like a new man. I literally like, I just, I was just so grateful, humbled, like it, it showed me so much, showed me so, so much. And, and also that how important forgiveness is, you know? Beautiful, bro. You feel like that, that big purge was the years of just like, just beating your body. And like you said, just taking all those chemicals in and just all the different energy and just what a powerful message at the beginning. Cause I just kind of got that, like, keep the medicine mm. in because mm. that's probably the thing that needed to get out the most but like you had to keep it in through the whole process and then once oh my god dude, that was a powerful story wow. well the thing you know the other thing is like obviously this woman knew what she was talking about yeah because she she just she just looked at my energetic field yeah. and she she just rec- she realized like just from looking at my energetic field wow this guy's got a lot to like He's got a lot to clean mm-hmm. or he's got a lot to like purify. And just by looking at me and like saying a few words, she's like, no, listen, you hold that medicine in. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of held it to it. I was like, I'm going to, I ain't going to puke. I ain't right. going to let this out. And I didn't even feel nauseous the first two sessions. I like went to the toilet, like out the back end, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel like vomiting. Mm-hmm. And then the last night it like came on like, crazy like just dizzy and like how am i gonna get through this thing but um but yeah man like that that's that's one of that's like honestly like the one of the most grateful like moments of my life because before that i i I never knew that i could even that that even existed Mm -hmm. you know that that this even this realm of existence even was there Mm -hmm. and so So yeah, just, but I think also what was the pointer for that for me too, was like, 
you gotta have balls if or if you're not a man like you've just gotta you've just gotta you've, you know like be able to look at your shadow side mm -hmm. as you guys would know like whatever work you're doing on yourself these things come up mm -hmm. and if we aren't like willing to look at them they can hinder us and they mm -hmm. can continue to plague us over time and the delusion of that the mind and all these things so so just the mere fact that to show up and to be able to be like okay cool you know what i know i feel that this is right and i ain't gonna be swayed by what the people tell me or anything this is what my heart wants and i'm going for it and just the, just that like i that's why i i'm like for the warriors of the warriors of the heart for want of a better word or, or war, spiritual warriors what do you want to call it because no one wants to see your, their shadow no, yeah. you want to see the thing where that you've treated people like shit or that you've done things in your life that you weren't that weren't cool like no one wants to bring that really up mm -hmm. but what happens is that medicine it goes in there and it rubs that and it's mm -hmm. there's a friction Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's almost like a humbling, you know, of, of like your, your ego and like all of those, all of that strong identity to this, this image and to this, um, idea we have of who we are and all of this stuff. And so I think that what she does is she goes in there and she cleans, like she purifies that. And what she does is then she, she basically reminds you who you are. Like who you are right. as the self. And, and so that, that's like one of the biggest blessings, you know, for, for any, I think a lot of people have had similar experiences with, with the medicine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that what drew you to Costa Rica? Is that experience in Costa Rica? Yeah. So that, that was, that was obviously the beauty of the country and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously the sustainable processes and, uh, the, yeah, just, I think, I think also just the peace in the country, the, 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 the way that the folks are here, the, 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 the general kind of ambiance, mm -hmm. the, the way that the people operate kind of, it's more like a kind of a laid back, you know, family. Absolutely family is everything those kind of things and uh so that's that's been that's that was probably the main reason one of the reasons why um and then obviously at some point on the journey we got the call is like how can we how can we be part of the process of of assisting this work and how can we be in service to to that mm -hmm. and uh, i think that the ram organica here has been birthed out of that, um, has been birthed out of the, the kind of that selfless service to be able to be offering other human beings that opportunity to awaken to who they are. And, and, uh, and, um, and so that's, that's predominantly what the space is and, and why, why it was, why it was born here. See, I think that was one of my favorite things. Like, uh, I hadn't heard much about you except for from Chad. And, uh, you know, I went and did some research and read your wiki page and, and just to, to know that you went through that experience and that your call was to be of service to other people to share that. I think that's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that that's what's a beautiful thing about, about this process. The more that our hearts open and, when I say open, but like we get, we get purified, our hearts purify, the more we want to assist other human beings. And even in your process, I know like, um, you know, the assistance of wanting to help others in their paths. And, uh, and, uh, that's, I think that's like in our innate, innate ability in, in, in most human beings, you know, yeah, um, is, is, is that, is that one to want to help others and, mm -hmm. And even if, you know, in whatever scale that is, um, and, uh, yeah, just as you say, so that purification allows for you then to be like, okay, cool. Like how then can I be of service, you know, in any way? Absolutely, brother. Can you, can you share some of your practices that you use to stay centered and, and leading from heart center? 
Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, I, I, uh, I've my a lot of the teachings that I've been kind of stumbled onto now, um, over like the last kind of four or five years, um, have been Advaita spirituality. So it's like the non-dual path, you know, that, um, we are all that basically. And, uh, some of these practices are virtually about, um, identifying or confirming what you are. And so what we do is we, we go to a, we go to a pli- quiet place. Um, and what we do is we just, uh, sit on the side of, side of a, let's just say it's the side of a river. We sit on the side of the river and we just intuitively sense what we are. So there may come a resistance. There may come the mind may come and say, yeah, but this is boring. Um, I just, just bring awareness to that and let it be. And so there, there, there should be sounds, maybe even emotional feeling that come up. We just want to be aware of that. That's all. And what we'll find is that we've become so ordained and kind of programmed to react to our thoughts and our emotions um, that we, um, it's almost like we've become, we, 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 we kind of think that we are that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's this, there's this, uh, the first, very first suffering, of course, is that we think we are the body. And that is, that is the, the first suffering right there. And, and we think that we are the thinker of thoughts and the doer of action. And so when we start to really inspect and look, we recognize that those, those, the mechanism of our mind is working in a specific way. And that the way that the mind is working is that it's like, these thoughts are always going to arise. And there's a lot of like people that may believe that you can stop your thoughts, but it's, it's, that's really not, that's really not the, the way to, um, that, that, that would not actually be possible (laughs) because the mind doesn't work like that, you know, or there's some people say, Oh, maybe, you know, like I keep thinking negative thoughts. How can I take out the negative thoughts? But it's, it's not that what it is, is like, it's recognizing. So like within our physiology, we have the heart. So if I just bring awareness to the, to an attention to the beating of my heart, there's like within our physiology, there's an aliveness there. Like a, it's not just the beating of the heart. There's like an aliveness. It doesn't have a shape. It's not an object. So the mind, you can't give this to the mind. Mm-hmm. And so all that this is, is recognizing what you are. And then this somehow start to create space between those thoughts and, and the, and the feelings and your emotion. Now I don't say, I don't say that one should not feel those thoughts. I mean, not feel those emotions, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's an emotion coming up, is not reject your emotion. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, feel your sadness. Mm-hmm. But there's something that recognizes that you aren't that. Mm-hmm. Because when that it changes, like so it may be sadness. Maybe I'm maybe I'm sad for three days. And then it's fine, I'm sad. But I recognize that I'm not that. Mm-hmm. It's like but one has to have that recognition first. Mm-hmm. So I've been working with a couple of, um, a couple of clients online and, uh, we basically been, we've been going through processes together. And, um, what I've seen is that a lot of times when we don't know who we are, we actually, that voice inside of our head that, that, or the, the thoughts that appear, we think we are that. So we've got this whole bundle of our conditioning, our past, present, future, 
all of these things. We've got this whole bundle of things, who I think I am, um, where I've been, what I've done, aspirations, future um, uh, projections, all of these things. And when I, when you have the recognition of self, you recognize that, wait a minute, like, this is not who I am. And so that you, you also see that the, the, even the suffering, the one who is suffering, you actually, the, you do an inquiry into who's suffering. So it's like through that process, you'll probably say, Oh yeah, but what do you mean? It's me. I'm suffering. But your, it's actually your, your psycho, psychological mind that brings on suffering. And if you are just the impersonal self, you see that you aren't caught in the bubble of that. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that all these thoughts that arise as an analogy, for example, you are the sky, formless awareness. You are the sky. And there's many clouds that pass. Only you, you know, only you can give that thought power. And those clouds that are passing are the thoughts, the emotions, the feelings. They're constantly passing. If you don't connect, if you don't log on, they don't become anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, for instance, if, if I, if I say, let's say guys, oh guys, I want to get pizza. Okay. If I log on to that thought and I connect with it, we'll be eating pizza in 10 minutes time. But if that thought arises and I just am and I see and I let it pass, the next thought will arise. But nothing will transpire from that thought because I wouldn't have logged on. So it's kind of like one just has to go through the process and one of the techniques that is very, very good for this is one of the, this breathing techniques. So it's like you basically, what you do is you inhale comfortably till you're comfortably full and then three more breaths. Hold your breath for three seconds and exhale slowly. Once all the air has gone out of your lungs, three more breaths, three more exhales. Hold it for three seconds and inhale. And breathe out. And three more exhales. Hold for three seconds. Feel yourself comfortably. Three more breaths. Hold for three seconds. Exhale. Three more exhales. Hold for three seconds. And just go through this for, for three minutes. And I can guarantee you that if you're stressed or you have too many thoughts going on or you feel like your day's a mess, whatever, just sit down, take three minutes for yourself and do that exercise. I can guarantee you afterwards you will be feeling more like yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I yeah. always, what I always tell people that I teach the different breathing techniques is that stillness that you talked about at that pause of the base of your exhale is mm. your true self. That, that is your true self. That's stillness. And you could feel it. I could feel it while you're doing it and watching you. That stillness is so pure and when you're focused on your breath, which is a fundamental of life, it really brings that stillness about and that connection to your higher self and the divine man. That's, that's yeah. beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that breathing technique. Cause very powerful. Basic yeah. element of life. 
you know, when you're when you're feeling lost, just like in sport, you go back to the basics, right? For sure, for breathing, sure. Breathing, water, grounding, earth, you know. If you're lost, go back to the basics, the fundamental elements that make up this human reality. So powerful. And I think also this is just like we really take out like five minutes in our day, you know, just to go. I don't know, like obviously if people have got a spiritual practice or they do things, because actually like I heard this amazing thing the other day where it's so epic, but like because the spiritual teacher Sri Muji, he talks about um, from person to presence. So person is like your conditioning, your past, mm-hmm. where you've been, what you've done, who you think you are, those all thoughts. of that, all of those thoughts. Those And uh, presence is what we are. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the most amazing thing because when I went, when I went from, when I went from rugby into a spiritual path, I was like wanting to meditate a hundred hours a week. And I was wanting to like throw myself into spirituality as deep as I did with my sport. But what was I actually creating? Was I wanting to become the best meditator? Because that once again is like, that's related to ego. Right. And so, so how many more, how many lifetimes do we need to go to recognize what we are? How much practice do we need to recognize what we are? And that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm not sitting here for one minute saying that every day it isn't a work. But what I'm saying is w- that's who we are. Like we shouldn't have to, uh, like we shouldn't have to like do all this massive practice to do that. And secondly is bringing our ego to be the best meditator or the best yoga, yoga instructor or the that because that is just ego. And in the right. end, all spiritual practices lead back to presence. Mm-hmm. So if, if pre- presence, if we can get to presence and we can just go to the, the stream and we can just sit by the stream and we can just be together and we can just sense what we are and presence is there. Like man, like what? Or, you know, we're like all the striving and all the wanting to be something and somebody and all of these things. In actual fact, it's already here. And, and that's the, one of the biggest things that I've kept in consciousness is that you actually are, you like that presence that exists. Sure. This identification to the thoughts has been going on for lifetimes too. So yeah, to, but it's ancient and what we are is timeless. So Amen. it's like, okay, which one are you? Are you the ancient one or are you the timeless one? <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, figure, figure it, figure out, figure out what you are. And then you could be like, okay, I can see this delusion. Right. I can see. I can see that these thoughts hassle me and like, I can see that I'm, I'm the one giving these thoughts power because if I really recognize and I see how the mind's working, I see that they're going to keep presenting themselves regardless. And it's not just going to be positive. Um, obviously the more cleansing that you do and the more purifying of your heart, I think that naturally more auspicious thoughts present themselves. But that doesn't mean that you can't be walking down the road and say, Hey, yes, how's that? You know, like hot chick or whatever. Like right. it, it, it ain't going to go away because we're human beings. The but also, pass. yeah, <laughs> but just recognize, <laughs> just recognize that, just recognize that. And, and then, you know, then the rest will take care of itself because, uh, we, already our paths just for us merely to be comprehending what we're saying and 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 sensing it uh is already imbued in grace mm-hmm. like this is all auspicious like just the mere fact that we can even have this conversation is is auspicious absolutely you know absolutely joe with respect to time would you mm. would you plug what you have going on with your um, Joe of the Jungle, your website, and what you are doing at Rama, and 
Also, I saw that you have an offer for two lucky individuals to come down to Costa Rica and learn from you directly. So you can, can you talk about a little bit what oh. you have going on at the moment in the present? For sure, for sure. Uh, um, yes, we, we, we actually, are, we'll be holding a retreat, uh, on the 20, uh, sorry, from the 1st of March to the 22nd of March, uh, here at Rama Organica. It'll be a 21 night, uh, stay basically. And, uh, we'll have, uh, probably five excursions on that, uh, with, um, like four bodywork sessions, uh, in the time. And uh, what we'll be doing is, uh, we'll be doing some of these exercises daily with, uh, um, exercise. Obviously the participants that, um, that do come, their program will be tailor made, tailor made for them specifically. So whether they need more exercise or they want more exercise or they want, uh, but most of the days will be, uh, will be dedicated to self. So it will be, uh, like satsangs in the morning will be some of these breathing exercises with a bit of, um, either movement or training. Um, and then, and then what we'll be looking at is we'll be looking at, uh, what they've been putting into their bodies. Um, of late, uh, I just came across, um, and it, it, it hasn't been, it's been for about the last six months. And I did try this before, but a ketogenic, a ketogenic diet, the way of living mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, really exploring some of this because, um, I had been vegan for three years before and, uh, I didn't feel like my health was really at a good place. Right. And, um, I, 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 for the first year, don't get me wrong. It was amazing. I felt like a new person having eaten that. But, um, this ancestral living and the appropriate human diet, um, is something which I've wanted to incorporate within a retreat. So it will be, uh, basically moving away from sugar and carbohydrates, um, in a slow fashion, like very, uh, gradual. And obviously the folks that will be coming to that retreat, we'll be asking them to start the process before they get you so that when they, they get you, they're actually slightly prepared for what what they'll take on for the 21 days. Um, but yeah, we, it's, it should be an awesome experience. Um, obviously being Archer on the land, um, it's an exclusive accommodation, uh, that we'll be having one-on-one -on -one sessions and we'll also be doing different excursions around the place. As you know, Chad, the Absolutely beauty that, nice. that exists here. And, uh, so yeah, so, um, I've just put that out there and, uh, basically, will be delighted to to uh, share some of those things with the folks when they come out. Wow. That, that's beautiful, brother. Um, that's going to be difficult, cutting out the sugars with living on a, on an organic farm with how many different kinds of fruit do you have. That was one of the, the greatest takeaways I had is all the different fruits that we're not familiar with here in the States and how delicious. That, yeah, so that's, that's, that's task, very, huh? yeah, very interesting <laughs> question. I, I actually said James told me that today and I was like, well, you know, there's, there's obviously fruits here that, that aren't as, um, that aren't lo as loaded with sugars. And then again, another aspect of that is that we, we will be going very gradual. So it'll be like 150 grams of sugar, um, pro probably initially, unless the, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll be two carnivores or people that, <laughs> just, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, but like, but, um, but obviously, yeah, it's true what you say because, the, the, the beauty about coming here obviously is also trying those fruits. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that gives me food for thought, obviously for the, for their program and for the schedule. But, uh, maybe, maybe we dedicate one day to just eating, uh, uh, wild fruits. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, brother, yeah. So other than that, brother, one other thing we, we, I have also an option for folks if they want to reach out. I've been doing a bit of work with uh, some folks online. And, um, they can just reach out if they want to go to www.junglejoe333 at, uh, sorry, what is it? Wait, let me just look. Junglejoe333.com, I believe. Yeah, I think it is it, it. Wait, sorry. I need to just look. That, that's what I have here. Do you have that, brother? Yes, sir. Okay. Then it is that. So, so. Yes, brother. Junglejoe333.com. Yes, 
www.junglejoe333.com. That's it, brother. Yeah, www.junglejoe333.com. That's it, yeah. Joe, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. So good. So good to see you, bro. Yes, And man. Uh, brothers, thank you, man. Thanks for the space. Appreciate you all so much. Lots of the round table. Oh, thank you so much, brother. We'll see you soon, man. So grateful. Hey, I talked to James about it, but sometime next year, I'm going to bring a group of men down to to do some medicine retreats with you guys. So I'll be seeing you very soon. Ah, bro, I look so forward and and for also for all your work that you're doing there, bro. Keep it going. You're a beast. You're a beam of light. Thank you, bro. Just keep that rolling, bro. Just keep inspiring. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, I feel it. Yeah. You know, like, and, uh, appreciate you so much. Haven't, haven't had the time to always say that, but I'm right. so happy we got this chance now. Absolutely. And, uh, your brother, just keep just positive for all of that there and keep shifting. Absolutely. brother. Thank you so much, Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, Ish. thank you so much for listening. And we are so grateful you're with us and listen to our wonderful guest, Joe Vandekirk. Brother, always a pleasure. Episode 12, Lights at the Roundtable. It's a wrap. Thanks, Joe. Beautiful, James. Thank you so much. Joe, I love you, man. Much love. love. you, guys. Nice well, to meet you, bro. Blessings. Yeah, man. cheers. Eh? Thanks so much, eh, guys. Really appreciate it. Pura vida. Pura, pura vida. Pura vida, <laughs> brothers. Thank you, man. Cheers, brothers. See you, man. See you. Bye, bye. Bye, brothers. Bye. <laughs>